Hi, it's Shirley and Manisha from Make It Shine, the money podcast. On today's podcast, we share five common disruptive money events. Yes, knock on wood, but it's likely one of these events will or has already happened to you. We have some great tips on how to manage these situations. Keep listening to find out. Okay, Manisha. So we've both experienced a few disruptive money events, and it didn't take long for me to list out moments in my life where my money situation took a hit. I know what you mean. Life happens, and I have a pretty good list too. And to level set, our definition of a disruptive event is when the event is unexpected, unplanned, and your bank account takes a hit. And the reason why we're sharing these events is because they happen more often than you think.、Mm-hmm. I think it's challenging enough to discuss daily money events like what you spend or save on. So let alone these things that are considered disruptive. But there's a good chance that more than one of these may happen to you, and about half of these we'll be talking about in this episode have already happened to me. Yeah, so when it does, you can be prepared, right? So don't be surprised; things happen, right? Yeah. These stories hopefully will inspire you to prepare or even prevent it from happening in the first place. All right, let's go through the list. The first disruptive money event is moving, specifically when it's not planned. Yeah, and moving is expensive, and it's also very stressful. So I made a list of all the places I've lived, and I've moved 21 times. Wow! And four of those were not planned. And moving is definitely a disruptive event because it's expensive, it's time-consuming. You probably have to take time off from work, and you have to make sure your new address is updated. And there's so much more you have to do. Wow! Yes, when you told me, I thought that was a lot, and then I started counting all the times I have moved, and it's actually easily. In the twenty plus range too. So on average, Canadians move five to six times in their lifetime, and Americans move eleven to twelve times. Remember the list of top stressors in life that we've covered in past episodes? Yep. Where death of a spouse or family member is ranked number one. Well, number two is divorce, and guess what? Moving is number three. Right. So a few examples of an unplanned move. You could be renting, and your landlord says that they're selling the place, and you have to move out. So that's happened to me. Or if you have a bad roommate or a neighbor situation, and you really want to move, or you were living with your partner and you guys break up, so again, another reason to move. This has also happened to me. Well, in the case of the landlord selling or you having to break your lease, there's a process for that to minimize your costs. So make sure it's followed.、Mm-hmm. Make sure you are served the right papers and given proper notice. In Ontario, it's 60 days notice. And in cases of a bad roommate or neighbor, you may be able to sublet your place or work out something with your landlord. Yeah. My personal take on this is, even though it costs money to get out of a bad situation, there's a huge cost to your mental health as well. Yes. And you want to feel physically and psychologically. Safe in your home. Yes, yes, yeah, I totally agree. And in terms of a breakup, I've had a friend negotiate with her ex on splitting the cost of terminating the lease. But in this situation, and the other two you just talked about, having that emergency fund cushion really helps. Yeah, one of my friends and her boyfriend broke up during the start of the pandemic. It was a messy breakup, and he actually kicked her out of their place right at the beginning. Oh wow! So she managed to stay at a friend's place for a few days, and then secured an Airbnb for a few weeks until she got a new lease. But that emergency fund, well, that became vital. So that emergency fund—that's why it's so important to have it. All right. So let's move on to the second disruptive life event, which is getting robbed. Now, has that ever happened to you? 
Not to me directly, but my dad's car was stolen overnight right off our driveway. Especially in Ontario, it's crazy how certain cars, especially the Lexus, is one of the key targets for people trying to steal cars of people's driveways. I read in the newspaper that one woman had this happen to her twice. So the same make and model of the Lexus stolen off her driveway. And then three months later, when she got a replacement, they stole that one too. So my dad's car was also stolen, but it was actually our neighbor's garage that was the original target. Right. <laughs> so our neighbor was a mechanic and had a bunch of tools in the garage. So the thieves cleared that out and then they used my dad's car to transport everything. That's crazy. And the cops found it after a few days. Yeah, my dad never got his car car back right and actually it's so funny when we talked to the cops they didn't expect it to turn up at all they were like yeah this make this model is very common <laughs> so thank god for car insurance i mean our insurance obviously ended up paying for a replacement car because we had that clause in it so insurance is key here mm-hmm. so home tenant renters insurance make sure you have it and understand what the terms are when you do sign up for it oh i have a story about getting robbed while on vacation mm. so my uncle was pickpocketed and my aunt's bag was stolen on the same day and not only that the thieves tried to go on a shopping spree on their credit card but the credit card company actually flagged it and put a hold on the card so that no other transaction could go through Yes, so when this happens, make a list of everything that you've lost and report it to the local police. Mm -hmm. If it includes a credit or debit card, call your card's provider and then tell them that your card's been stolen and they'll close the account down and issue you a new card. But also, review the latest transactions on the card to make sure that they actually belong to you. Right. And if there are transactions you don't recognize, there is protection against unauthorized transactions, so you're not liable for them. One more thing you can do if you are robbed or, you know, if you just lose the item yourself. Yes. If something was purchased recently in your credit card, you may be reimbursed for this item if your card has purchased security insurance. Yeah, and usually it's up to 90 days from the date of purchase, and most credit cards do have this feature. So the key here is you do need to prove that the item was stolen. Mm -hmm. So presenting that police report will definitely help speed up your claim. All right, let's move on to disruptive life event number three, sudden loss of income. And this could be for multiple reasons. Maybe your company is downsizing, reorganizing, or maybe it's for health reasons or an injury and you're unable to work. So whatever the reason is, your main source of income is suddenly cut off. And actually right now, it's quite common in the tech sector. Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of news about layoffs. Mm -hmm. And this actually happened to me in 2009 during the financial crisis. So I was working in Singapore at the time and I definitely did not expect it. And I was really young at the time. So... (laughs) As much as your manager, your HR manager, whoever wants to warn you or share this news ahead of the official notice, they actually can't because they're not allowed to. Yeah, I remember, like, not only in this situation where you're abroad, you'd actually just renewed your lease as well. Yeah, and to break the lease, I would lose several months of rent. Um, I had also just bought new furniture. And then on top of that, I had to leave the country within 30 days because my work permit would expire. Oh my God, that's so stressful. Mm -hmm. I mean, on the bright side, you did receive a severance package, right? Which severance is an amount that's paid out to you to help you with your living expenses for a temporary period of time. I did receive severance and the amount fluctuates depending on your time and role with the company and also the company itself. Right. So it could be a few weeks of pay multiplied by the number of years that you've been there. And if you've been at the company for 10 to 20 years, that amount might be quite a bit. So of course, it's still tough because now you have to look for a new job, but it does take the pressure off a little bit and you can still pay your bills while you look for your new job. Well, one of our friends went through this last year. She had only been at her company four months before they cut her role. Yes, that's right. So she did receive a severance package, but because of her short tenure there, her severance was only a few weeks of pay. So it's actually super stressful for her. Yes, but luckily she's a big saver and she did tap into her emergency funds to pay for her bills. And it ended up working out for her because she ended up with a job that was much better suited for her. Yeah, we can go on and on about this because honestly, even though it feels like an unplanned and disruptive event, it's happened to a lot of us. 
You know, I'm just going through our friend group in my head and colleagues that I've worked with. There's so many of us that have gone through it at least once. That's true. So a study from 2019 surveyed 2,000 Americans and about 40% have been laid off or terminated from their job at least once. And there's a lot of other great insights in here. So nearly half of the employed adults surveyed feel that they are not prepared for a layoff and women felt less prepared for a layoff than men. Yes. So even more reason to know your finances and save for the future. Yep. So the next question is, how much money should be in your emergency fund? Well, we often hear people quote about three to six months of living expenses. So that's a good starting point. Yes. And to really break it down, figure out what your monthly expenses are today. So the key ones, your rent, your mortgage, hydro, phone bill, any maintenance fees or property tax, if you own transportation, food bills. So these are basic costs that you must pay in order to survive, right? Add it up, multiply it by three to six months and put that money in a savings account and don't touch it. Yeah, I think there's enough stresses in our daily lives already to keep track mm-hmm. of. And if basically half of us are not prepared to lose our jobs and, and half of us already have anxiety about it, having that emergency fund in place will really help ease that stress. Exactly. And you put it in a high interest savings account, so you're just probably even making money on it, which is great. Okay, so disruptive life event number four. And this one is less disruptive, but I would say definitely a big annoyance when it happens. This is when you forget to pay a bill and you're hit with a late fee, or even worse, they cancel the service you were supposed to pay for. And the easiest way to deal with this is to automate your finances, right? Set up pre-authorized debits where you give the company permission to withdraw the amount due from your bank account. So this happened to my friend and his home insurance. So he gets billed three times a year for home insurance, and he did not have pre-authorized payments set Mm -hmm. up. So about one year ago, he was late paying his bills, and without notice, he was put on probation by the insurance company. And he didn't know about this. And then a few months later, again, he was a couple days late paying his bills. So since there was no penalty to him being late the first time, he didn't expect anything to happen the second time around. Turns out not only did they reject his payment, they canceled his home insurance and would not take him back as a client. Wow. So he had to shop for a new broker. And now his new rate was $800 more than what it was previously. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. And I know there was a lot going on for him at the time too. And that's why he was so late with his payment. I mean, it's not like he didn't have the money. He was just really busy with life and he thought he could do it later. And anyways, it was just really frustrating for him to have just days to find a new broker and realize his annual bill went up by $800. Also, another big thing is if you are late with paying your bills, your credit scores impact it. Yes, for sure. So take advantage of setting up pre-authorized payments, especially if you have a lot going on with life. Right. So the fifth and final disruptive life event we have for today is a tough one, and it's death. So this could be interpreted a few ways. So Manisha, you said it earlier, that death of someone close to you is the number one life stressor. Right. And there's a few immediate financial impacts. So this is super morbid, but let's assume, right, it's the death of a family member. The first question you want to ask is, has this person left a will? Are there instructions on what to do with their assets when they're gone? Or things like funeral arrangements. How will that be covered? Yeah, so there's a few statistics out there, but roughly half of Canadians do not have a will set up. Right, and a will is a legal document which outlines how your property and assets are to be distributed and by whom. Yeah, and if you have children, this is actually really important. I don't think a lot of people know, you know, the whole probate process is really long, and especially for your kids. I mean, beyond just financial assets, which, you know, if you get into the details, they won't even get access to until they're 18. There's a huge thing about how do you want them to be raised? Who's going to take care of them? And there's a lot more than you think. It's not as simple as, oh, you know, my family's going to do it. So you want to sit down with a lawyer or somebody who has a lot more expertise in this area and figure out what should that will look like for your kids. And then on the other side of this is if you receive an inheritance. 
So that's an unexpected amount of money. And what should you do with it? You know, I actually have a neighbor, unfortunately, both the gentleman and, and the lady were in their 90s. They both passed away from COVID and they didn't have any kids. And so their property was left to their nephew. That property has been in probate for over two years now. So it's not as simple. So even with that, you have to think about what is the process? Do I need a lawyer? Do I need experts? And then what do you want to do with the funds, right? So that goes back to your financial goals and situation. Do you have debt? Do you want to pay that off? If you haven't contributed to your investments like your RSP or TFSA, maybe that's where you want to start. Or maybe this is money you want to add to your emergency fund. Yeah, and the money is passed to you in hopes that it helps you out in life. So definitely take the time to explore what makes most sense. All right, so this wraps up our five disruptive money events. So we've covered unexpected moving costs, getting robbed, sudden income loss, canceled services due to late or forgotten payments, and also death. So in the words of writer Marianne Ratmacher, unexpected events can set you up or set you back. It's all a matter of perspective. I couldn't agree more. Please give us a five-star review and DM us on Instagram at Make It Shine Money if you have any more tips on how to deal with these big disruptive life and money events. And don't forget to make it shine. Any views or opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the podcast creators and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the owner may or may not be associated with in professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated.